so close, yet so far away. It's time once again for No Agenda, coming to you this week from Gitmo Nation West in two locations, overlooking the financial district and the bay. It is uh, the Curry Condo where I'm coming from. My name is Adam Curry. And I'm up here on the other side. I can see you from here with my binoculars. <laughs> Let me wave. Hey, John. <laughs> How don't, you doing? Don't fall out the window. <laughs> I, I, if only I had a window to fall out of. That's the only thing wrong with this place. Anyway, has... I'm over here in northern Silicon Valley. So, uh, what? You, you don't have a window? Is it, you're, is it like a. There's no light coming in? No, 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 no. I have uh, 180 degree uh, floor to ceiling windows here, except uh, the only window you can really. There are only two windows you can really open to get fresh air. I'm on the 24th floor, by the way. Um, and one is in the bedroom, which is nice. Uh, and then here, there's only one kind of like that, you know, rectangular window that uh, that just opens up from the bottom and you know gives you some fresh air. That's the only thing wrong with this place is no real access to atmosphere, if you will. <laughs> which well, they is, don't want you dropping, you know, because you're in California. They fear you'll be dropping pennies out the window and hitting people. That was, and, and this is a, a one bedroom. The two bedrooms have a balcony. That's really what I want. But you know, who who needs a two bedroom place when I'm only here, you know, once in a while. I think you should lease the place out when you're not there to hookers. Who, who says I'm not doing that already? <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> it is the perfect place uh, for uh, in-calls. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, John. Well, it's, uh, we haven't seen you yet, uh, yet uh, even though I've been in uh, in town for a couple of days. You've been in meetings all day. Um, yeah, most of, most of the most of the days. But we're really getting some cool stuff cranking next week. Less meetings, more doing. So I'm I'm excited about that. But we are having dinner tonight, which is cool. Right. Well planned, actually, because I'm I'm glad we didn't have dinner last night. Otherwise, we'd have nothing to talk about. Yeah. No. Uh, that. Well, we wouldn't have been able to do it because right because we had to watch the debate. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You want to start off with the debate? Is that what you want to go right for? Well, I don't know. Why not? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, there's a, it's a lot of suggestions saying that we should be streaming our commentary during the debate. Oh, please. Which, uh, that's, that's, I don't know. No, no. Just every once in a while, you could say something. I don't think you have to be, but you're probably right because I was actually watching most, I watched the debates on all the channels to see the difference in the presentation because they did pres- present everybody slightly different. The, the main networks had the, the guys pretty much the same, but they were, you know, blocked in by the big logo. Well, hold on a you second, know. but it was a pool video feed, right? It wasn't like everyone had their own cameras and their own switching. It was, it was one. They had their own, no, there was, obviously there was, the, everyone had their own switching because so, you sw- could, switching, but not camera shots. The shots were predetermined, I presume. I think the shots were, but there's, there was a bunch of these fixed shots, and I think people could flip between them because I saw, because I, I was watching simultaneously, I could see. Oh, and, and the weird thing about it, by the way, is that the soundtrack. The delay, yeah, no, delays. I, I noticed that too as I was switching around. It would be one or two seconds difference between the channels. And they were all different. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't find any two that were synced up at all, which I thought was peculiar. Well, and I thought about that for a second, and then I was like, it actually is kind of logical because if they're all switching, if they're all getting these feeds, so they're getting, you know, from multiple cameras, and uh, I presume they're, they were, I don't know if they're getting multiple audio feeds or just one mixed signal, but that's all going through their own digital trucks, their own processes, you know, each uh, system is, works a little bit differently, and maybe, you know, maybe someone wanted to have a little delay on there for some reason in case uh, they wanted to dump out of it. Some of them were pretty long delays. But anyway, so uh, I, I noticed the, uh, but anyway, they were pretty much the same except for CNN and, and C-SPAN. C-SPAN had essentially the close-ups of the two guys on a side-by-side split screen 
and that's all they did. Oh, that's nice because then you can get all the reactions. You can see you can see the the grimaces and uh, and you can count the the amount of times Obama said that's not true, John. That's not true, John. That's not true, John. <laughs> he kept saying that. So what I did is I, I stuck with one channel. I stuck with CNBC. Um, I, I'm not quite sure why, but I always feel like those guys are kind of honest. I don't know. I just I. I well, I'm sorry, I left it on CNBC, but what I did is I paid attention to the language. I really paid attention to what people were saying uh, and what I, in some cases, presumed to be code. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of code. So anyway, I was uh, I first I, I checked all the different channels out, but I ended up watching it in HD on CNN because CNN had a. Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, wait, can I just ask you a question? I could not tell on my screen. I don't have an HD screen here. What was on the pin that Obama was wearing? Was that a flag? Because I couldn't tell. It didn't look like an American flag. It looked like a flag to me. Oh, okay, it was it was illegible on a. It was a crappy looking flag. Yeah, it was it was a lame ho flag. <laughs> but that's if I remember, it was a flag because yeah, he was in high, anyway. They were in high def. But what was interesting was the uh, on, it was distracting, and in fact, it was hypnotic. And I think people who watched this thing on CNN probably didn't really get the same effect. I had actually had to turn it off a couple of times because they had a graph running at the bottom of the screen. They had a lot of real estate. Hmm. They had a graph running at the bottom of the screen that showed a real-time focus group. Oh, and, and uh, you could see who was liking who. So he had a, like a blue line and a red line, one of those deals? There was three lines, and the oh. thing was there was a blue line, a red line, and a green line for independence, and it was the <laughs> green line that was interesting. Yeah, cause that, because cause that was the sway, right? That had the most movement, I'll bet. Yeah, and the blue line and the red line, they just, you know, when Obama spoke, the blue line went way up. When McCain spoke, they flipped, and the red line went It was, it was, it was ridiculous. Predictable, right? It was unbelievably ridiculous. Yeah. Once in a while, the, all the thing would cut, there'd be some confluence, and it would all become one line, and that was interesting. <laughs> but Obama achieved that more than McCain did, unless except when McCain was dull. So uh, and or when McLe every time McNeil or Blair, whenever time Layer spoke, the thing took a nosedive. It was hilarious. You know, he he was pretty interesting because first of all, he did something which I thought, you know, I'm I'm sure they all agreed to this, but I really do not like when you have a, a public performance of any kind. Let's face it, a debate is a public performance where you start off by saying the audience is going to shut up. No applauding, no laughing, no 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 applause, you know, no no nothing. And that's, that's like, ugh. And, you know, and so it really made it uncomfortable because I thought John McCain actually was a lot looser than Obama. You know, he's very, uh, he's very comfortable when he gets kind of into his jokey mode, which I appreciate, I have to say. Uh, but it, everything fell flat because everyone was afraid to snicker or to laugh or to do anything. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm in a disagreement with you on that because I th the problem is is that they, when you don't try to shut this audience up, you end up with a loaded audience because so, you know, one, one side or the other will stuff the audience with but a then, bunch of shit. But then why do, it at, at, why do it at the university at all? Why not just sit in a studio and have it a, be a much more controlled environment? I mean, that's useless. Well, you couldn't even see the audience. It was so dark. Well... It's useless. Yeah. Nah, it's useless. No, I'm, I'm not arguing, but no they sense. did laugh once in a while. The audience wasn't dead silent the whole time. Here, here's the here's the one thing that really that my ears pricked up when I heard uh, uh, Jim say. Um, yeah, I wrote it down here. Uh, so how are you? Um, how is are your policies going affect going to affect the country or the way you? Whoops, are you dialing out? No, that was uh, I kicked the keyboard. Oh, which okay. is on the... um, he talked about. The candidates ruling the country. 
And I was like, you don't rule the country as president, do you? He said that? He said he rule? He said rule the country. How is it going wow. to... He said, yeah, when... Uh, oh, I missed I, that. I have this on tape. I have to go back and see that. This was right after um, McCain was talking about the 45 nuclear, nuclear plants. And then I wrote down, affect the way you rule the country. So uh, I'm not quite sure what he was talking about, but he asked the question, how will this affect the way you rule the country? And I was like, there's not a king. It's not royalty. It's like you govern the country or you lead the country or, you know, you're, you're our main actor. I don't know, but it's, it's not rule. I have to go back and see that. If he said that, that's, that's embarrassing. I thought, yeah, well, so I, I picked up I mean, up that's, that. you know, that's what I mean. I'm sure, that, you know, no offense to the Democrats out there, but I'm sure they'd like to have a king. And, and, and McCain, could he be any more inaccurate and outrageous the way he talked about whenever Israel came up? You know, the Holocaust, you know, uh, Ahmadinejad, which I thought was hilarious, because the guy's name is not Ahmadinejad, it's Ahmadinejad. Um, you know, this guy wants to obliterate the stinking corpse of Israel. Now, look, <laughs> the, you know, I, I already believe that the translation um, of that famous line of, you know, we want to obliterate uh, Israel. I already think that was quite an exaggeration. And I think there was some nuance there that was probably purposely translated incorrectly. But he certainly never, you know, Ahmadinejad never, certainly never spoke of, you know, the the stinking, rotting corpse of Israel. And I thought that was pretty inflammatory. I was like, man, that's not well, okay. Well, you know, looking at the graph, let me just go over what, uh, let me go over the things that I noticed that, that, based on the graph. Mm-hmm. I, I only took notes but based on that, except I did get one, I, I, I was looking for some quotes, talking about language. I got a beauty from Obama, which has to go into the into the flub, uh, one of those flub websites. Uh-huh. He says the following word for word: seven hundred billion is potentially a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> potentially, only potentially. Is seven hundred billion isn't potentially a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, there was there were a couple of real zingers, uh, some really I, and McCain, man, he 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 kept coming. So first of all, everyone's saying this. Wall Street to Main Street, Wall Street to Main Street. Can we shut up already? Main Street makes me think of Disneyland and the Main well, Street Electrical Parade. One of the commentators on one of the evaluation shows after, you know, one of the uh, I, I watched none of them. I hate those. I didn't watch I a watched single all one. of them. And so yeah, the, one of the postmortems, somebody mentioned that McCain never once said middle class. Yeah, I, I can't recall him saying middle class. No, he, he was talking about Main Street um, and, of course... Uh, the miscongeniality, that's my favorite that he's doing. He's using he that, that a lot. Twice. twice, yeah. Yeah, I'm not he, miscongeniality. No, you're ugly. That's why you got Sarah Palin, dude, to, to balance out the ugliness factor. Well, he also did one thing. I wish I, 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 I could go back and I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. He got, there's one thing where he gave a long-winded response that became a shaggy dog story. Then he kind of wandered off the topic and then he c- c- tried to bring it back. It was a complete botch. I don't, I don't remember what that one oh, was. I'm watching him go, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. And so okay, here's the here's the deal with the uh, up and down uh, graph. What, in other words, what got the most effect? And then the main thing, by the way, only Obama managed to really spike this thing, uh-huh. and he only did it, and he only did it once. once. He almost did it, almost yeah. did it twice. But the main thing here's a couple of things that I noticed. And this is uh, this is on McCain's graph in terms of the independents, which are the swing voters. Uh-huh. Uh, earmarks. It got nothing, and he finally, when he started talking about corruption, though, the word corruption tended to boost. Hmm. 
his numbers. Corruption really got him some good numbers. When he talked, and then when he talked about kids, he said double dividend for kids. That got him some numbers. When he started talking about education, which he didn't do much of. Interesting. When he talked about nuke, nuking anybody, yeah. down. Down, yeah, of course. When he talked about getting, in fact, he did a nuke, jobs nuke, and it was really weird. He, <laughs> he, he, he talked about nuking, and then the thing started diving, and then he started talking about jobs, so, oh, nuclear power. And he says, oh, he says nuclear power, and it started going down. He said, but it'll give us a lot of jobs. It went up went again, up. and then he started. Then it went back down again because it went back to nuke. Oh, that's funny. When he talked about partnering, it went down. When he really? used the word partnering. Really? When he talked about 9-11 and fix it, oh, and I can't remember me. what this was about, it went it up. It went up, yeah. And when he talked about no more torture, it went up. <laughs> and, and Which means that people were concerned about that. Yeah. But every single time he attacked Obama head on, it down. went down. down. Yeah, I believe that. And here's the, the thing that got me, and I've, I've talked about this before is that if you listen to right-wing talk radio guys they say especially rush limbaugh who this is one of his litanies he says you know the thing is the democrats always have a negative a negative negative approach they never say something positive about anything and that's their problem we always have a positive message in the republican party i didn't see it in this debate and and let's go over obama's uh graphs uh, when he interrupted and attacked McCain the few times he did he you know he went with down. John, John, he, went you know, down. he went down 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 yeah down instantly. Then, now, what he did say consistently, which I thought was very interesting, he would start off uh, many sentences by saying, uh, "Well, John is ab- you're absolutely right, John." And, and I know that became a, an immediate advertisement twenty minutes before the end of the debate. But you can't actually say you're absolutely right, except you know, because you're, if you're absolutely right, you are absolutely right. There's no you can't get no, a, no point of discussion. Yeah, that's the end of it, right? Yeah, I know. I thought it was crazy. Dumb. I thought that was but, a dumb language. But anyway, back to his ups. Here's where he got the big numbers that damn near spike to 100%. He talked Wait. about it. Oh, I wanted to guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is it? Um, I give up. <laughs> Energy independence. Really? He, he did a thing about energy independence yes, and then did. brought automobiles into it. We have to have more efficient cars. we got to get energy. Biodiesel. Biodiesel. Right. He brought a very positive me- message. And actually, when when McCain mentioned this stuff, he got a, a boost, too. But the way Obama phrased his, he spiked it. And how, that's how, where he how got the... Du- how were the graphs whenever... Because McCain talked about veterans a lot, very purposely. Nothing. He, nothing didn't spike at all? Hmm. No. Interesting. No, that's for it, nothing. But it, this was so... This energy independence and cars thing spiked so much. And on my notes here, I have two up arrows and the word wow. <laughs> okay. Now, the other ones. Here's the other ones. He got a boost. Not, not Nothing like this one. But he got an up arrow on on uh, 30%, something about 30%. I don't even know what this means. But he said, when he started talking about health care, the way he did it, he got up arrows. And he got a huge up arrow when he started talking about competing in education. Man. Education gets big numbers. Yeah. When he, and here's another one that's so interesting. How about the fine? Because they started off with the financial the crisis. The financial stuff did nothing. Nothing, right? We're, I mean, we're I got so no asleep. notes on it except we're for the so earmarks. Dumb. We're such stupid sheep. Corruption got some numbers, but that's yeah. it. That's, and that was McCain. And I love it where McCain's going to fire the SEC chairman. I, I don't think he actually has that power. <laughs> so, <laughs> the president well, he does can't if he's fire the ruler. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, true. 
<laughs> so here's another. Here's, okay, here's another one. Yeah, he talked, McCain, or I'm sorry, Obama kind of flatlined on health care, but when he changed from health care to R&D, boom, boom. R&D is important. Another one, he started talking about vet care because he was giving, you know, he wanted to slam McCain because I think McCain voted, you know, against some veterans thing. Yeah. And he started, as soon as he started talking about vet care, it actually went down. Nobody cares about the veterans in this country. No. That's, you know. Well, but, but the, that's but, a tradition, by the way. Yeah, but you need them, right? You need them to, to win yeah, an election. Uh, yeah, yeah, you really do. Okay, you got some more. Uh, this is the last couple. When he mentioned Al Qaeda and going after him, blah, nothing. Zip, flatlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned no torture. He mentioned torture was took him up again. He brought up in torture a little bit up. Uh, more attack. Every time he attacked McCain, down and and here's the one that at the end they had the two of them went off against each other. McCain got nowhere, but here's the one that got Obama a big spike again. Relating back to what Rush Limbaugh says, Obama started talking about American pride and how we can, you know, get our reputation back in Europe. And we we are the greatest country. You know, he started with this positive message. We're this great country and we should be respected more and we have pride and blah, blah, blah. Boom. Big numbers. Unbelievable. So. So I I was just listening to language, as I said earlier. And uh, what is the what's it called when you when you take a phrase where you say, like, this isn't the beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning that has a. It has a, a definition, a term. What is that called? I'm sorry, so just repeat that? So when, when, you, when you construct a sentence where you switch things around, so you'll say, this isn't the beginning of the end, it's the end of the beginning. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. That does a name, because McCain is doing that a lot. I'm noticing. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what the point of that. Oh, here's one more note I p- took on the back i got to mention. This is interesting. Uh, Obama, and this is not about the numbers, this is something Obama said that I thought was peculiar. Uh, Obama said, by the way, McCain also got an up arrow when he started bitching about the pipeline in Russia. Um, Obama said, he goes on and on and he says, isolationism doesn't work. We can't go on and, you know, because McCain's pushing the idea of just cutting off Iran, isolating them, you know, with embargoes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Obama came out and said, isolate, uh, doesn't work. We should stop all these embargoes right now. And then he named all the countries and curiously left off Cuba, knowing it would piss off everybody Every, in Florida exactly. if he threw it in. <laughs> I thought it was chicken shit. Yeah. I, I learned a couple things, though. I learned from our host, Jim, that uh, only one of, the, uh, one of them can be president. <laughs> one of you will be president, so there's no independence apparently uh, running. I mean, I know it doesn't matter because they they never get invited to the debates, but I just thought it was kind of crude to just say that. And he was really trying to, you know, in the beginning, it was like address Mr. Obama, address you know, trying to get some fireworks going, you know, trying to yeah. trying to get that, which I think was part of the whole make the audience shut up because what I was also looking for was the soundbite, you know. What are these sound bites? And from a, a general show business perspective, this was just boring, John. It was a it really was. boring show. It was not. There it was, was just no. Boring. There was no moment where where somebody you say no well, they won. In fact, yeah. I I don't know who do you think won the debate. I would. I would say Obama by a hair. I would agree with you 100%. I think he won by a hair, but he did. But it was a draw for all practical purposes. Well, but they agreed do... on everything. They agreed on 
everything. There was, there was McC- no difference. Didn't do McCain any good. And by the way, when you you know, as, as I thought, Obama was actually a little smoother at the beginning. McCain was, besides Obama making weird, you know, he he talks a little like John Kerry. He's a little long winded. Well, also, but McCain McCain was clearing his throat constantly yeah. like a nervous guy. <laughs> well, what was interesting well, also is Obama started out looking right into the camera. When he was answering his questions, he was so aware, and he, and in fact, throughout the entire debate, he looked into the camera like must have been twice as much, if not more, than McCain. I thought that was uh, interesting to notice because then, you know, when you look into that camera, you really are talking to someone sitting at home. You know that yeah. it, it just works. You know, it's it's media training one hundred and one. Um, I had a couple things. Uh, interesting to note that uh, McCain is so sure that the French will come and support us in uh, in Iran. Uh, I, I would beg to differ. You know, they actually speak French in Iran. You know, it may not be that simple, uh, Johnny Boy. Uh, Obama kept saying, "When I'm president of the United States," I thought that was you know well done. McCain didn't say that once. You know, which is, is, you know, that's, that's really, that's mind control. You know, it's really important to say that stuff. When I I'm find it to be, I, when I hear somebody say that, either one of them, I find it totally offensive. Well, it, it, that's not that I don't find it offensive, but it, I think it's interesting that he's saying that. And I think most people at home don't find it offensive. It, they just pass I, over I would, it. I would like to do a poll on that from our listeners. Yeah, but our listeners are not your typical American listeners, I don't think, John. They're the ones that are switched on. We need the, the sleeping people. And uh, I learned something very important, that the average height of the uh, South Korean is three inches taller than the North Koreans. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, too. <laughs> I was like, my God, that's, they really are suppressing those people, aren't they? Were they putting bricks on their head or something? That was hilarious. By the way, talking about tall, Obama appears to be rather tall. Yeah, he is. He does look How tall. How tall is he? Do we know? I think he's, uh, he's, up, he's up around six feet. has to be. No, no, he's over six feet. He looks like he's about 6'2", six 6'3". Six yeah, he's like about as tall as I am, probably. And at, and at the end there, I don't, on CNBC, they left his mic open. I don't know if you heard that, but he, uh, you know, so Michelle comes up. First of all, they were congratulating each other, you know, like almost like WWF, you know, like, hey, that was a good match, man. Yeah, you really threw me into that cage. Good. Okay. Hey, great, John. Yeah, great uh, Obama. Fan. You know, it was like, the hell was that? Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Because the, they didn't leave the mic on when I was watching. Yeah, no, they had the mic open. In fact, Michelle came up on stage and you heard uh, Obama go, well, how'd we do? How'd we do? <laughs> Which is exactly what, you know, it's what, what, what my wife says to me or what I say to her after a TV show, you know, and, and I'll say, how'd we do, hon? How'd, how'd it look? You know, how, how was it? You know, how was the show? The big show. Mm. So anyway, and not a single word about, uh, the, uh, the, the, so the, you know the temporary cancellation of the debate or anything like that. It was you know not a single thing, not a single thing. I think that well, somebody pointed out one of the uh, guys who there was something they were supposed to pound home. Damn it, I can't remember this one because I didn't take a note on it. But one of the guys and one of the commentators in the postmortems said that, and it was one of the, uh, it was one of the, I think it was Fred Barnes on Fox. Mm. Uh, one of those guys. They said that McCain was supposed to go in some direction on this economy thing because of something Obama did, and they and he was supposed to use it as a thematic thing, and he didn't do it, and they they think it was a complete botch. Was it, uh, and of course, Obama was supposed to uh, uh, equate uh, McCain more with Bush. Yeah, he he definitely tried to uh, to make it sound like this was just a continuation of the past eight years. 
You know, the thing that I think if we boil it down, we go back to what we said earlier. It was a boring debate that probably had a huge audience because everyone wanted to see these two guys go at it. Uh, I think it's going to be up to Palin. My God. <laughs> it's going to be a problem because she has not performed well ever since they started coaching her. I think that, you know, instead of coaching her to be natural, they've coached her into being a robot. And I'm totally convinced, and I wrote this in an essay that it's on the Dvorak.org slash blogs essay. You can look it up. It's called, you know, is McCain surrounded by idiots? And it has to do with the fact that he stiffed Johnny, or Johnny Carson. He stiffed David Letterman. And Letterman would then laced into him, you know, that night and the night after. Because because it was bullshit, because he said they had to fly back to Washington, so he canceled the show with oh, one yeah, hour. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. And okay. then he didn't even go. He went over to Katie Couric's and spent the night in New York, and, and he went the next morning, so it was all bull. And then, meanwhile, one of his dumb spokespersons come out and say, well, we didn't think it was right to do a comedy show yeah. with all this, you know, going well, yeah, on. Right. Meanwhile, when when uh, when Katrina hit, uh, McCain was sitting there with Bush with his birthday cake, laughing and having fun. The point is, is that, you know, that this was stupid. 29.5 million viewers. That's not bad. That, let me see if they compare it to anything, if there's a comparison to, because they thought it was going to be as big as the, the Carter-Reagan debate. I don't there know you if, go again. What do you mean? That was the line that got Reagan elected, everyone thinks. Oh, oh I, I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm not that old, John. Speaking of old. Um, I am so tired, and I, and I see this all over the place on CNBC. Um, was it uh, what's the guy Mark, the kind of chubby guy who was like their main their main anchor for Squawk Box? Mark. Yeah. No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It wasn't. Mark. It was no. It was Keith Oberman. He um he he plugged Oberman, into Oberman's not on CNBC. No, I know. I know. He's an MSNBC. Um, he talks to the girl, the woman who she has like really thick horn rimmed glasses. And she's from, I want to say she's from like a real serious publication, maybe Wall Street Journal, maybe New York Times. I can't think of her name right now. You're not but helping she, us. But she, yeah, I know. But she really, and, and I see this all the time about John McCain's age. And it's, it's really starting to piss me off. It's it, ageism. It, well, it's, it's, to me, it is, and I'm not quite sure why, maybe because I had, you know, my friends, my wife, and, you know, they're all 60. Uh, it's maybe because of that, but to me, it's 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 almost like uh, you know race discrimination based on skin color. It's like what the fuck is that about? It's really angering me. Yeah, well, I think it's irking a lot of people. But I have to say, one of the pollsters, and I think it's the guy who works for Fox. I think his name's Lutz. And he was one of the better guys and in terms. He does the audience response stuff too. He says that the uh, that the uh, at least now, generally speaking, the older voters who come out in droves, by the way, compared to younger voters, uh, the older voters are not skewing necessarily toward McCain, uh, although they may as the election approaches. Cause I, and I think what will happen is that this ageism thing will keep coming up because these guys, you know, I mean, I find it weirdly offensive because the Democrats are the ones who are want, you know, equal pay for equal work and they're against sexism and they're against racism and they're against yeah. this and they're against that. But what's all, why are they all of a sudden all, all ageists? And, and in, in a country where you cannot conduct a job interview and ask anyone their age, you cannot even say, when did you graduate college? Because then from that you could deduct someone's age. If you don't hire that person, they can sue you successfully in court for age discrimination. 
Exactly. I mean, how is this possible? And from really smart, I would presume, intelligent people. It's just, I'm just not glossing over that really easy. And I'm not that old, I don't think. 44, you know, I'm, I feel old, but it's like, that's not okay. It's just not okay. Right. And I think it's going to continue because they, they don't have really have any, you know, they, you know, they, I don't know. I, they, I don't think they're very creative in how they go about their campaigning. That's why I think they keep losing these elections. And I, you know, this thing, even though uh, Obama keeps putting himself into the lead, you know, the, the whole mechanism of the Democrat party seems to keep, you know, making it more even. Yeah. And then that's one of the things they do. And, um, they and, may and, have learned something from this, from what happened on this debate, though. And, and I'm quite pleased, though, with the, yeah, with this financial crisis, the 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 rescue plan, formerly known as the bailout plan, um, is that Dr. Ron Paul is getting massive airtime on every single station with huge amounts of respect because, of course, he's been predicting this for years. Uh, and by the way, another guy who's in his seventies, I might point out, although you never hear anyone accusing him of being an old fart. Um, yeah, you call him a nutter and a, and a kook, but it, it's... Uh, <laughs> I never said he was a nutter, I call him a kook. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fantastic to see how much traction he's getting in, in his message. I'm really pleased about that. And and what blew me away, and I can only only think that this thing is a... That it's a setup, it has to be some form of setup, that the House Republicans walked away and said, we're not going to do this, we're, we're not going to vote for this. That blew me away. I did not, well, I did not expect that. Well, here's another thing going on. It looks like if you start doing some work into the, or look into this, this, this bailout thing that the Democrats, by the way, I, I, are I totally promoting, that, totally behind. Yeah, well, they're totally behind it. They're totally promoting. They're the ones that, that control the purse strings of nobody's notice for the last two years in Congress. And, you know, and they, they want to give all, and in, within the, this money, there's a whole bunch of pork. I mean, they really, first they're going to take yeah. $700 billion of the taxpayers' money. And it's not just for bailing these guys out. It's for a whole bunch of social programs that acorn thing gets a couple million or more or god knows how much you know which is the thing obama worked for and it's like it's just like the whole thing is rife with fraud and corruption and it's ridiculous uh i heard someone call it the no banker left behind program which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, did you ever get a chance to read uh brzezinski's book no i have not gotten to it yet oh uh, I, I really i really want you to read that um it turns out that four of his sons <laughs> Are uh, are in pretty key spots now. Oh, really, Zygmunt Brzezinski is um, is the advisor for Obama on uh, foreign affairs, and I'm uh, I'm just looking at this article right now because I I just got a hold of this, and his sons have very interesting. Um, hold on a second, have very interesting spots within uh, within politics. Let me just bring this up. I'm sorry for some reason I. Fucked it up. Here we go. Uh, his son, Mark, is the director of Russian and Eurasian Affairs at the National Security Council, or was uh, under P Clinton, mm. and one of the prime movers of the 2004 color revolution in Ukraine. Ian Brzezinski, currently the U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for European and NATO Affairs and backer of Kosovan Independence, NATO expansion into Ukraine and Georgia and U.S. Uh, missiles in Poland. Mika is political commentator on MSNBC. Is Mika, it must be uh, his daughter. That's not a son, I don't presume. Maybe it is a, a guy. Uh, he, uh, who, it says here, whose interview with Michelle Obama contributed to the general media Obama, uh, Obama mania. And Matthew um, is U.S. envoy of the Czech 
opposition. I mean, these guys are so entrenched. Sounds like the shadow government. It, totally. Well, thank you. This is why you need to read this book. <laughs> you need to read it because it's everything is all spelled out, man. Every all single right, thing is taking place. I'll try to read it this week. Do you have it? Did you, did you order it yet? Did you get yeah, it? Yeah, I ordered it. It should, come. it should be coming on Monday. Okay. You'll enjoy it. You really will. Because I, I know that Bit by bit, John, and people are sending me messages about this. They're so happy that you're waking up to the true reality. Oh, please. <laughs> That'll be the... They send me the same messages saying, poor Adam, he's going to be locked up in an insane asylum if he keeps going this way. Oh, they're both right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done on... Uh... Yeah, we're done. Forget it. Those two guys can... We'll wait to the Palin thing. We'll do the show after that. that when when is that? When is, the, uh, when's the, when's the vice presidential debate? Next Thursday. Oh, God. Fantastic. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Because, uh, I, you know, obviously, Palin interests me enormously. And, and we talked about this last week. You know, she went to the George Bush training school where she's told, taught to, to, to speak in bursts of sound bites, which are directly from the Talking Points memo. And, you know, it's so easy to confuse her because what, you know, it's one thing to talk like that when you're in the Rose Garden. It's another thing when, you know, you're being interviewed by Katie Couric. You know, that just doesn't work. But she's got to be more personable. I mean, the whole thing about her, it seemed to me that reason you'd be attracted to her is because she seemed very personable. Now, the thing, a good example is what, you know, they have this, you know, this negative, uh, uh, YouTube uh, video of her in a church. One of yeah, these, Yeah, I've know, seen that. Yeah. And she's very personable. I mean, yeah, she's a, you know, obviously, uh, very she's actually religious. a pretty good speaker. You know, she's, she's a very she's good speaker. She's on the very stage. natural. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. didn't have any trouble talking in that environment. And when did she become a robot? She, now she's stiff. She never has, she there's never any back and forth. And my argument about this is when she was with Charlie Gibson, she had this one answer she had for one question. Gibson asked him about what happens if Israel bombs Iran? What would we do? And she says, I don't think we can second guess what Israel does. It's not our position to second guess. So Gibson asked the question again a second time, reworded. So she says the exact same answer. So he tries the third rewording of the exact same question, and she re she says it again exactly the same way the third time. Now, why doesn't she say, Charlie, you're asking me the same question yeah, exactly. over and over and over. Like why a do you expect me to change would. my answer? I mean, I, it's the same yeah. question. I give you one answer. You want the same answer 20 times? I mean, what's the point of that? Why doesn't she do something like that? No. She robotically says, oh, no, it's not our job to second guess. Oh, it's not our job to second guess. I mean, this is not a conversation. This is no back and forth. She's just getting, she looks like an idiot. Have you considered that maybe she is a robot? <laughs> and that she's a yeah, fembot. Come on, she's been chipped, man. I'm telling you, these fuckers have been chipped. <laughs> oh, one one day you'll understand. Uh, anyway, that's going to be a good one. I can't wait. We might even have to do a show on Friday, or maybe or Thursday night, because if we if we do it on Saturday, it'll, it'll be too late. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we might have to. Uh, a couple of the things that uh, last week we uh, we talked about me and my gold which I got a lot of uh, response to, but I was not that crazy uh, as now Fortis Bank, uh, which is uh, was was my main bank, um, looks like they're going down the tubes. Like, looks yeah, like they're going to collapse. Yeah, and you know what my wife says to me when I told her about the gold bar? She says, I hope Adam knows that when one of these banks folds, they shut it down and they lock down all the safe deposit boxes and you can't get your gold. Yeah, that's why it's not at the Fortis safe deposit box, because then I wouldn't have had to take it with me, would I?
Now she thinks that you should just paint the thing kind of silver colored, so it looks like a bar, and leave it on the floor as a doorstop. That's a good one, or make it a brick color and just put it into the wall or something like that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's good. That's good. I had a guy, a friend of mine, I used to work with years ago, who was a gold prospector, and he collected quite a bit of gold. He must have had about a few pounds of gold in his house, at least. And I, he pounds? says, you know, no, no one could ever. He turned the gold into picture frames. And painted them black. <laughs> and they look like cheap ass picture frames. So it says anybody robbed the place, they would that's the last thing they take with these horrible looking picture frames. <laughs> that's funny. Well, you know, in the mean in the meantime, I'm not the only one thinking this way because the, the, the US mint has now said we don't have any more twenty four karat gold coins. Stop. Stop. We're, we're out of them. Hmm. They've been bought up. Everyone's uh, saving this shit. You know, you know, that's what happens when people get panicky. <laughs> I'm not panicky, man. I'm just smart and I'm prepared. <laughs> prepared. Prepared. Yeah, you always hit somebody with that brick. <laughs> I'm very prepared. I'm I wanted to ask you a, a chemical question, knowing your background in uh, in chemical engineering or whatever it is. You seem to have done so much. I was um, a chemist. Yes, you were a chemist. Well, I'm, I'm a chemist. Better living well, through I mean, chemistry. I was a real is, chemist, not a <laughs> chemist. Better living through chemistry is my motto. Um, this melamine in China, um, I, I wanted to understand a little bit more about why melamine is used, uh, uh, why it's showing up in milk, and it seems to me like this is probably a, a much larger scandal that is going to be unraveled and that it's not just in Chinese products and probably in other things that have to show a, a protein count. I mean, have you followed this at all? Yeah, on and off. I remember when it, when it first became scandalous. Yeah, you don't, you don't care about babies dying. No, I do care about babies dying, but you know, I just that that cropped up on the radar. It's some sort of a thing that confuses tests. Yeah, it it shows a higher protein count in in than exists. in the product. Yeah, but but it's poison, right? What is melamine? Well, let's find out. Oh, okay. I thought you might know. No, I don't know this stuff. This is like you know, this is about were, food. I was not in the food industry. Mm, there was even a scare uh, going around that uh, uh, that there was melamine in Oreo cookies. <laughs> Which uh, was it? Kraft, I think, who makes them. They uh, immediately jumped on that one and said, "No, no, 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 no." There's that. In fact, there's nothing of any value in Oreo cookies. Don't, please do not be alarmed. It's just lard. <laughs> <laughs> it's colored lard. Um, you're looking at melamine. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Wikipedia's got a pretty good little thing on it. You can check it out there. But is it? What is it used for? Is it it's just? just it's a It's a. It's a. It's a, uh, a product used to make plastics. <laughs> a product to used to make plastics, and they're putting that into food. Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's combined with formaldehyde oh. to produce melamine resin, which then it becomes a thermosetting plastic. It's one of those things that you it'd be. You know, I would see this, and yeah, China would have a lot of this because they're yeah, they make China plastics, and, and, yeah. Yeah, and the plastics. I mean, the yeah. Chinese, in fact, the, the Taiwanese in particular, are the world's greatest. Plastic Somebody makers. told me this once. They make, they do plastic. Just years ago, I was, went to Computex, and I was looking at some some routers that somebody had, were selling. It was mo some company. Yeah. And they, these things were gorgeous, and they were the, and they locked together in some funny way. And they were all plastic, and they were just the coolest looking things, and they were all beautiful. You know, so and I said... Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I asked the guy where the case is. Oh, he said we couldn't get these. We somehow in the conversation we couldn't get this produced in the United States because nobody can do injection molding the like the, the Chinese. Chinese and they, you can take them a, a prototype and they'll make an injection molded version that's just dynamite. Somewhere there's a there's a CEO of a Japanese plastics company who's saying, "Oh, you know, I I watched this movie, The Graduate. Graduate." 
Okay, that went over everyone's head. I'm sorry. Boy, woof. Anyway, so uh, I don't think it went over anyone's head, but we're talking about the Chinese anyway. So, um, (laughs) who are even shorter than the North Koreans, I'll I'll have you know. So anyway, so I guess it That's can nasty. get into all kinds of so things. But it's not getting into it. They're, they're purposely no, they're putting, putting it in. in. Like it's just because it, it shows up in a test. Yeah, but that's poisoning people. Well, I don't think they mean to. <laughs> okay. No, the sure. Chinese, yeah, I... You know, I, I will know. say, though, that my uh, my warning signals about, the, uh, about Gardasil, the HPV vaccine for cervical cancer, thank goodness... Now mainstream media is picking this up. Eight eight girls have died already, I think, in the U.K. Thousands have gone into convulsions, nausea, joint pain. You know, this is bad, bad shit. Why don't you uh, review us on that? Because you haven't brought that up on this show. Well, I did, but it was a couple weeks ago. So what I noticed, because I, I kind of scanned three news uh, sources. I'm, I'm looking at the U.K., I'm looking at continental Europe, mainly through the Netherlands, which, of course, reports on Germany and France and a number of different countries, and, of course, U.S. news. And what I saw is simultaneously I saw this big push towards this uh, vaccine for cervical cancer and the, and the way they're dispensing it. And, by the way, it's, it's a combination of three shots for the treatment uh, combined about five or $600. Uh, so, Jeez. yeah, and, and it's made by uh, Merck. So, you know, and who, of course, have a pipeline problem because all these products that they already have are, you know, their patents are expiring. And you can even read it right there in their annual reports, which I think you'd enjoy, John. You can see how uh, they have uh, billions in the pipeline for the uh, pandemic flu virus. And this is one of them. So it's it's in the plan. And and you see this simultaneously being marketed to 12-year-old children, girls only, which is interesting because boys can also carry this uh, virus. Um, and it came up at the same time. It's being dispensed through schools. They're trying to make it mandatory. And when I saw the commercial in the UK, it just, it blew me away because it's, it's really hip. You know, it's like, and, and Christina and I were, were laughing about it because, of course, it's targeted towards girls younger than she is. So she's starting to see through this stuff. And it's like, hey, I'm on my Facebook. I'm on my MySpace. I've got my mobile. I'm doing my hair. I'm going to school. Yeah, and, you know, a cute little tune there. And then, and I'm going to get the jab. And then they have a little fake tattoo. I got the jab. You know, complete mind control of this drug. And now, thank God, schools are saying no. No, we're not going to we're not going to let this be uh, I- I- injected on our premises. That's the same as endorsing it. And we don't know anything about it. And now children are dying. They're dying from this shit. <laughs> They're dying. And it's and, and you know, it's and, and the way it's marketed, it's like, oh, take this shot. You'll never get cancer. You know, but that, that's not what this is. This this HPV is a sexually transmitted disease. And of every 3,000 girls who have it, 2,000 boys have it. They're not getting any vaccinations. And, you know, so it's, it's A, obviously a huge-ass money scheme. Yeah, well, it's 500 bucks. That's an unconscionable. It's huge. It's huge. And, you know, it's you can... It's a scam. It's not just a scam. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a scam and a travesty. Thank you. So, uh, and luckily, though, uh, I'm seeing more and more, um, mainly schools and parents just saying, no way. Just not not going to do this, and and I'm so happy because thousands of girls are getting sick from this, and eight of them have died. Mm. Well, I'm glad somebody's on it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You. Yeah. How about War- how about Warren Buffett though, pumping five billion bucks into a Goldman? Yeah, I thought that was weird. Interesting, huh? I guess that'll save the company. 
I think they got to keep Goldman in business for some reason. I think there's something shady about them. Well, first of all, the general, even Kramer was saying this uh, the other night, everyone on Wall Street hates Goldman Sachs. I'm not quite sure why, but they are generally hated by other firms. Um, uh, but uh, it's very clear that gold, you know, they just, uh, Paulson just hired um, another Goldman guy to advise him. You know, he, of course, is also a Goldman. He was the CEO of Goldman Sachs. I mean, Goldman Sachs is clearly. They're in some, the shadow government. Yeah. Yeah. Not just that, but they're the uh, the spider at the middle of the web somehow, or at least of the financial web. Yeah, they're somewhere. And uh, so we have Washington Mutual. Which, yeah, uh, went down. that was pretty weird. My wife was really concerned about this. She said, how can the government do that? They just say you're going to do this. Yeah. I, my, you know, I don't haven't heard a good explanation for it, but I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they, uh, I think that at some point they were given a, uh, I think some sort, I think they must have gotten some government money with a with a proviso attached. What's that? If they uh, yeah. didn't turn something around, then the government could just take them over and tell them what to do. Well, but they, but they haven't been taken. The, the FDIC is run in, right? So no, no, I know, but they didn't. I know they just say here, here you got, here's the deal. You guys are going to do this, whether you like it or not. Like it or I mean, not this is like yeah. when they made Bank of America buy those guys. Yeah. I mean, the whole yeah. thing is weird. And now in the UK, uh, the largest uh, mortgage lender about to go under uh, was it Bing and Bram- Bramley or something? Yeah, I don't know who they are. This mortgage thing's not over yet. No, this is this has got to be just the beginning. No, it's not the beginning. It's the end. Oh, please! You feel the bottom yet, John? <laughs> yeah, did you did you didn't see the market go below ten thousand? It, it bottomed out, bang, 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 just bouncing around the top of that number, right? Around ten ten thousand four hundred, and then shot back up to eleven thousand, and now it's stabilizing, right? Right, but it all depends on what's going to happen. So I presume that they they're actually going to pass a bill, and uh, the the. You know the so I, the way I see it happening is they're already positioning this and saying, well, you know, we'll give you a couple hundred billion and like like it's chump cha- chump change. I'll give you a couple hundred billion and then if you want more, you have to come back to the to the trough. And uh, but the real interesting thing is about this oversight. You know, the uh, the no court, no committee, no nobody can look at what we're doing. That's the thing that I'm interested in because that power. That's uh, that's the scary, the evil shadow government power. Yeah, that I they've hate been that kind of for. stuff. They, they, sh- they need to be sued. There's also something else going on that's kind of interesting. The EFF is suing the government over a new copyright treaty. Really? A new yeah, copyright tur- treaty? Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some new copyright treaty that's floating around, and they and they won't divulge its contents. <laughs> the government won't? Right. You're kidding me. Oh, this is nuts. And you know what that means? It means it's like one of those European ones. The Brits have a couple of these things where it's against copyright law to divulge the contents of the law. Because of some, because in there there's a bunch of provisos that you know there's a bunch of new. Been, the WIPO people have been trying to do this for years. I've written about this at least a half a dozen times, where they get they put a copyright law together. When one of the things is to protect patents, you can't even talk about the patent, and to protect this, you can't even talk, you can't talk about the law that that protects the patent from being talked about. Even I mean, it's just this ridiculous onion of of kind of you can't do this, you can't do that, and it's part of the law to you know, and it's just to me, it's like it, this is. Stems back to where you can't to the reverse engineering. You can't reverse engineer something. I mean, that's stuff like that is in these laws. The anti the anti counterfeiting trade agreement ACTA. That's what it's about. I don't know. Announced 2007 as a partnership to combat counterfeiting and piracy that the U.S. and several of its trading partners view as critical threats to their business and the cause of billions of dollars lost in revenue annually. Hmm. 
Is this a chi- the China thing, maybe, because of the uh, uh, counterfeiting? No, that's the problem. I don't know, because we can't, see the bi- the, we can't read the bill. Could Crazy. be about, you know, how to make donuts, for all we know. Crazy. I mean, so I don't know what it's about. I'm just saying. Once somebody gets the bill released so we can actually read it, uh, we can figure out what they're trying to do. It's, you know, if, if there's something like that's going on, there's some, they're trying to pull a fast one. Yeah. There's no other reason to do something like that. Oh, that's scary. Hmm. Now, there's a whole thing here on EFF. Uh, wow, it's too much to read now, but... Yeah, we'd talk about it later. Yeah, a lot of countries involved. Switzerland, Japan, European Community, Republic of Korea, New Zealand, Mexico, Jordan, Morocco, Singapore, United Arab Emirates, Canada. Hmm. I wonder... I bet mm-hmm. you. I bet you it's a pure information thing. I bet you're right. Yeah, you know, I think your your instinct there is, is spot on. This is about being able to even, you know, maybe it's to combat the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> you, like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, we don't know. Like crazier said, things we, have happened. We're, we can guess until we're blue in the face, and it could yeah. be anything. It could be something really weird. It could be just something stupid. I mean, who knows? I mean, they'll, they'll hopefully they'll get this thing. You know. Some judge somewhere along the lines will say, what is, what, is this, what is this BS? And then, you know, make them reveal. Of course, they won't right away. See, so okay, well, we'll have to find it first. <laughs> this is the kind of thing, this is the game they used to, in fact, they still play this game in Silicon Valley. And I'm always surprised when somebody doesn't know how to play the game. But, it, but I've been involved with enough, you know, as an expert witness in enough court cases in, in Silicon Valley to know how it's played. And it's quite hilarious. And it, go, and it basically goes like this. And let's say we take two companies like AMD and Intel, for example. And so uh, they made some agreement. And Intel is supposed to provide AMD with something. And then all of a sudden they decide, yeah, you know, I think we shouldn't be providing this anymore. Mm-hmm. So AMD will sue Intel. And then the judge will say, well, well, well first there's a lot of stalling and a bunch of the court to take. The case takes forever to be resolved, and then the judge says, okay, you have to give them the documents. Mm-hmm. And so then Intel gives them the documents, but they don't give them the real documents. They give them phony documents. Phony documents. It <laughs> takes like six months to figure out these documents are no good. They're the wrong documents. Oops, so sorry. they have to go back in the court, and the guy says, oh, you're... And then, in, and then the in... Oh, hold on, John. Hold on. Ah. Ah. I hate this. Don't move. All right, I got you back. Okay, sorry about that. I, all of a sudden, I just got static from Skype. Right. Anyway, so they, this 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 kind of thing goes back and forth and back and forth with a bunch of game playing, and by the time everything is finally ordered, or, you know, kosher and the documents, it's too late because we, the technology and everything else has moved on like by a year. So what? So what I learned here is that you've been uh, expert witness in these types of uh, court cases. Yeah, I have. Uh, like an Intel AMD or. Intel I've done a couple. Else. I've done a couple. Of, I did a whole bunch. I've done something, you know, for the guys that were that were being sued by Hayes Modem. I did a modem case. I did a. I did a. I did the two eighty seven chip case. I did uh, something about uh, there's a key lock thing and somewhere in Denver. I did a case. I mean, I've done about maybe ten of these things. I did. Oh. I was going to be an expert witness for Rodney Dangerfield, actually. <laughs> and then he died. He well, no, he he won this case. I mean, it was one of these things where sometimes they'll bring somebody like me in to be, uh, you know, just to scare the other side, and the other side got scared. Yeah. And 
This is like your no, your so, lawyer I, buddies, I, or I mean, who? I mean, do you, do you know Rod, Rodney Dangerfield, or how does that I never work? met him, no, but I have a check signed by him. <laughs> cool for my fee. Very cool. And yeah. I made a big blow up of it, huh. and then um, and then I did a I did the the the, the Linspire case where where Microsoft was suing uh, Lindos. Uh, and it was uh, it came down to the end, and then Michael Robertson ended up with a pot full of money. They changed right. the name to Linspire. Oh, and, yeah. and actually, uh, I had a, uh, a deposition in that case. I think was probably the thing that was the best in the case, to be honest. About it. But I don't do it. I don't solicit. I, you know, there's a couple of these agencies that will ask me to put my name on it. I, I don't normally solicit this work because it's actually kind of... Uh, boring and tedious. It's totally boring. <laughs> but I'll tell you what's cool about it is that you get all kinds of inside dope. Yeah. That's the only reason, to be honest about it, the only reason, the only reason besides the money, yeah. and there's, there's some money to be made, but there's, you find out weird stuff because these lawyers have access because they do discovery, right? Mm -hmm. And so they, they find out all kinds of crazy things, and, and it's like they tell you about them, and you go, wow, that's do, cool. do they Do they train you like they do with medical witnesses, you know, like a medical doctor okay here's what i want you to talk about here's what i don't want you to talk about here's the direction you should take your answer in do they do that yep totally yeah there's your there's a system for you come to america people if you got money you can win <laughs> well basically they don't do it in such a way that they tell you what to say because you get grilled by the other side mm -hmm. about that they, the other side will grill you about who, did they tell you to say this and they'll grill you <laughs> right. and they'll grill you if you're if they do a you video can't lie right you can't lie no, you don't lie. You yeah. don't have to, because yeah. you're, you're not brought into the case to no, but, lie. But, but, but if they say, the no, but if they say, did they did they tell you about this? Did they tell you to say this? You have to say yes or no. Yeah, and yeah. they and generally speaking, the way it's set up, you can that you know you're never really told. You just it, it goes like this. You if you're going to be an expert witness, you go and you for one thing, you're you're like uh, it's like getting a it's like a job interview. You have your opinions about stuff, and they, and they almost like they grill you. In other words, decide you're working for. And they'll see what your answers are going to be for the different kinds of questions. They'll never tell you to say anything. Hmm. And so, but they'll, they, they figure out that, yeah, this is, you, first, I read the case, so I know what the case is all about. And then I figure out how to give the, the right answers so I don't, like, say something stupid. And then I only answer yes and no to the certain things. And I only talk about, you know, typically an expert witness, a lot of people don't realize this, an expert witness only has one point to prove, usually. Like hmm. one single thing that has to get into the record. So, so you would be there to say something about something that's specific, and then you're done. That's it. And even though they'll grill you and try, the other side will grill you and try to make you say that you are, are mistaken or you know you're stupid. And then they try to just embarrass you. They, they, yeah, they try to find what your education. They, they ask you about your education. The other side, the, the competitors, they ask you about your education, and they ask you about whether you really should even be have well, a that's, job. Yeah, that's to discredit you, right? That's, yeah, and then yeah. They, they bring up like for my case, I, I'm easily. You know, I get all these columns. I've written thousands of them. But, you know, some unbelievable. Oh, and they'll huh? pull something out. Well, in 1923, <laughs> Mr. Dvorak, uh, exactly. you wrote in uh, CBS Prehistoric Market Watch uh, that... Uh, yeah, no, they do that. And then the worst part, the most embarrassing thing, and I've decided this is... I've finally, this happened to me twice and never going to happen again. When you do video depositions, the side that you're working on, because the video deposition is going to be seen by someone... Um, uh, they put makeup on you, yeah, so you look good. <laughs> so you look healthy and uh, and proper. So you look, yeah, you don't look like you're dying on. There. It's funny because you know when when MTV sued me over the uh, the MTV dot com domain name, um, I I'll never forget. Well, first of all, they did Discovery, and this was in 1993. Okay, 
they did discovery and you know they had like two interns were the only ones who who had uh, any knowledge of html literally and i had to bring in all of the files that i had on the server now this server was like a headless sun 3 at uh, digex in uh, in virginia um, so, you know, I spent like days downloading stuff and then put it all onto floppy disks, if you can believe it. And they went through all these files and, and they would literally come up with not just, so, okay, well, this was, this was a, a file that was apparently on this server, whether it was public or not, right? I mean, this was just, the server was also kind of a dumping ground. These are early days. Um, and this was, this was like pre, this was, the web had just kind of come around. This was, most of this stuff was from a, a there was a gopher server installed on it. But then in these proceedings, they actually would roll out videotapes of me on MTV. And you're like, well, you were talking about this and this type of manner. And you just sit there and go, holy crap. You almost feel guilty sometimes. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm an evil guy. You know, clearly I, I had not, I had no idea what I was doing. It's, so it's they, scary is what it well, is. Well, the thing about the, the, I wanted to mention about the makeup is they put the makeup in. So the other side, they, they come out and they start grilling you about the makeup. Oh, why are you wearing makeup? <laughs> exactly. So what, is, that, is there a problem? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Don't you think it brings out my skin tone? Yeah. Well, it's, you're always tempted to have a one-liner like that. But uh, essentially you go up to and you say yes and no, yes and no, and then you make your opinion about something. The, usually your side makes you expose the, yeah. the information that they want of on course. the record. And the other side just does nothing but try to discredit you in every imaginable way, yeah. embarrass you, you know, try to make you out to be an idiot, you know, that probably shouldn't even be in the job. You know, why are you even here? What kind you of know, money kind can of, you make with that? Was it an hourly rate or how does that work? There's a minimum. The way I finally got the, you know, years ago, somebody who is an expert on expert witnesses said, you basically you charge them up front for a, uh, for you know you have a minimum period, and then usually you never get to that. It's almost like a book uh, uh, advance. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, Miss Palin, uh, you, please answer the question. Uh, what kind of money are we talking about? You can get depending on who you are, you get anywhere from uh, two hundred to to probably a thousand dollars an hour. Wow, and this is a while ago. Is this still current prices? Now, it depends on the person. I mean, I don't get to $1,000 an hour, let's put it that way. Hmm. But there are people that do. Good deal. Ah, all right. Hey, um, 5.30? Well, you know, you're... you're uh... No, I appreciate the thought, being, me being on UK time and everything, at the, uh, the Ritz-Carlton? That's yeah. an interesting choice. I, I had no idea they had a, an award-winning restaurant there. Uh, of course, I think the Ritz-Carlton right now is one of the top three restaurants in San Francisco. For re so for, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, John and I, of course, always uh, try to have dinner together. It's going to be a couple times, John. I'm here for weeks. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying yeah. until we got this these hosted channels up and running and all this stuff we're doing. Um, so right. So no, we'll probably. I figure we'll, we'll have, have a about couple dinners. Th three major, or yeah, two at least. Two major. <laughs> I want to do this one. Probably have to be on a. I, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I still. There's a restaurant in the city I haven't been to called Qua C O I. I've I've eaten at Qua's. No, you haven't. Yeah, I think I have. I think a couple. How long has it been around? Not long. Isn't Isn't it on Embarcadero? No. Oh, uh, then I must be wrong. But it's. But isn't that a um. Jesus, wasn't that a UK restaurant? Maybe it was a London restaurant called Qua. C O I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking of something with a Q. No, I'm wrong. Okay, so that's a major restaurant we have to go to. So we should do at least three. And it would be great if you would cook for me since I'm here all by myself. Mm hmm. You know, I, I got to get sex from someone else. I, the dinner, I figure, I could at least get from you. Sisting on. <laughs> Hello? <sighs> yeah, the tech guys were joking about that. 
They were send, so, uh, sending me porn. Say here for your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it entails me cleaning up. <laughs> so um, anyway, I'll, um, I'll do the dishes if you cook. Don't worry. The dish I got a dishwasher. I don't need the dishes clean. It's not wow. the problem. You, you so, don't seem like a guy who would have a dishwasher. You know, for a guy who doesn't have a microwave, I'm figured maybe. Yeah, you probably like you have something about no, no, some no. Logic. Dishwashers are the my world's uncle, greatest things. I my think uncle he, would I, I always have say, a garbage compactor, but my wife is dead set against it. My uncle Don would always say, "I don't believe." And you know, he's eighty. I don't believe in dishwashers because you handle the plates twice. I always thought that was quite interesting. You handle the plates twice. Yeah, because you you handle them going in and you handle them going out. So, well, he he feels that's a, not a good use of his time. Clearly, oh, it's better <laughs> to I, hold a plate for, for a half an hour scrubbing it clean. I don't think so. But what I like is, um, and I desperately want when we move, I hope we can get one of these if there's if it's the right house and space is one of those dishwasher drawers so that you actually put the plates back where where you're going to get them uh, from. Yeah, I, I know, love I've seen those. It. You know. Th- to be honest, you know, I did a lot of research on dishwashers before because we had a dishwasher in this house that was one of the most advanced. It was a thousand dollars. It was a. It was made by one of these companies that makes all this high end stuff, stainless steel, and this. Bang and and it had the most water pressure of anything ever. You know, it just rip. You know, if there was something on a dish, it would rip it off. Uh-huh. And anyway, <laughs> but the, the the pump kept blowing up, and the thing was right. a noisy contraption. So I did some research, and I found, you know, that. If you start really looking into it, when you buy a dishwasher, you don't want an expensive one. You want the cheap one of the cheap Kenmore's, and you want the following features. You don't want stainless steel inside. You want plastic because stainless steel dishwashers make a lot of noise. Plastic dishwashers are almost dead silent. It's amazingly different. Hmm. You want a, you want a dishwasher that has push buttons that are just mechanical because if you if you, yeah, you don't no electronics and, and none of that fucking digital readout the, the LEDs. All Always burn out. The, the right. programming messes up. Yeah. They get screwed no, up agree. by the moisture and the heat. Just on, on, off. That's what I like. Well, on, I mean, off. it's got a little knob too that that changes don't, the don't, style. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't. Need but that. the point is, is that you get these, you know, just a basic, good quality dishwasher that holds wine glasses. You got to yeah. make sure that the yeah, yeah. racks will hold wine glasses, especially the upper one. And I always, actually, when I buy wine glasses, I always buy one first and see how see it, fits it fits into the dishwasher. See if it fits. Of course you do. I don't want some. But listen, but, buy, but but these drawers, the what I like about these dishwashers is it's two draws, either side by side or. I like the way you pronounce that word. Draw. Is that wrong? Drawer is Drawer? what I think. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, I'm from England. Drawer. Uh, so it has two drawers, uh, either side <laughs> by side or or uh, or one above each other. And the theory is is um, one of them is is in use and the other one is then the storage. So after you've eaten, you put your plates away, you close it up, and you, then you get your plates from the other drawer. And uh, so I'm, I don't know how well they clean, obviously, but just the idea of that's where the dishes go, I really, really like. And not just dishes, the utensils, everything. You know, it's 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 just like a utensil and uh, draw, drawer. Drawer. <laughs> drawer. I can't even pronounce it. Well, you're the, <laughs> I, you know, I've been listening. There's a couple things you pronounce differently. Another one is measurement, where I'm used to saying measurement. But you say I, say, I don't think I've ever used the word measurement. You well, you use the word measure. I, I, you I, can't I, measure it. You said to me several can't times. Measure it, measure, measure, it, no. measure. Well, I have a slight uh, Midwestern accent, so it comes out once in a while. That's okay. We won't hold it against you. The ones I had to correct because the family got sick of it was I have to say, you know, I say, I used to say, like you would say in Chicago, I would say milk instead of milk. Milk. Yeah. 
And then the other one, which I finally, I just changed. I said, screw it. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I can say milk. It's not that hard. And the other one was uh, pillow instead of pillow. pillow. It's pillow. It, well, it pillow. is pillow. pillow. But are, are, you, are you from Chicago, Chicago or if you live in Milwaukee, where are you it's from? Probably where are you pillow. From? Where are you from? Are you from, are you from the Midwest? No, but my mom and dad were, ah. and, we, and I did live in Chicago for a little while when I was a kid. Right. So what can I say? It's like people and, from Buffalo, New York. I, they also have very interesting pronunciation. Well, Boston, let's go hit the home run here with weird pronunciations. Ka. This whole country is just illiterate. It's not illiterate. We pre- what about Britain? They got the, you can't understand a cockney. Uh, let me tell you, you can go to North Guilford and not understand them. You don't need to go to anywhere like you don't have to go to anywhere exquisite. Um, the, the the and pff, I'm pretty good at it. I can I can listen to almost any accent, any national, any nationality speaking um, English. I can figure it out. For some reason, I'm really good at that. But I look at um, Patricia, and I could just see, you know, even though we've been, you know, she's been speaking English with me for, you know, 22 years. Lived in America, lived in the UK, but some accents, it's just impossible. And that's on yeah. television. Well, I had a guy who, when I was in high school, who was a, I think he taught German or French or something, I think, but he was a German. And he was a uh, fascinated by a southern drawl because he couldn't understand a word of it. <laughs> So when somebody talked like this, it was not. Um, he wasn't picking up a word of it. Really. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. But when I, but I've noticed when I, I used to write for PC Magazine UK, and so I was going, I would go to England a lot, and all these editors, you know, are all fairly well educated, and they would sit around at lunch or something. I couldn't understand a word that a any word. of them said. They, you know, because they were start, the Brits are starting, especially the upper class ones, are starting to mumble so much. Yeah, but also a lot of what they say is very intertwined with local cultural knowledge and stuff. You know, that that they refer I to guess. very quickly. That you just, if you don't know it, you're never going to pick up on it. Maybe like politics. Oh yeah, everything they they say is there's always a some irony or joke about politics or something else that's cultural that's going on. It's uh, I love them. I love those Brits. I miss them. Yeah, well, it's expensive. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> to say the least. So how's the economy doing over there? I understand it's in the tank. Totally in the tank. Yeah. And and everyone's just all the you know the answer is drink more. <laughs> Here in the states it's go shop and in Britain it's uh it's drink more. Now it's it's totally in the tank. Uh Gordon Brown this is this you know they had their big party hoo-haw shindig and they all get together and you know there's been a question of should there be a leadership change and of course Gordon Brown is saying you know no, no way I'm the guy you can't switch uh to someone uh, to a new leader and, and from the same party right from the labor party not even talking about a general election it's kind of weird the way they can kick someone out and do all kinds of stuff and switch it around um uh but uh, the best and I recorded it of course I didn't bring it with me I did record it for you was an interview with um uh, Alistair Darling who was the, uh, the the chancellor of the exchequer, and it, and it was about the financial bailout. Man, he is worse than Bush, the way the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. He really just has no idea, has no idea what it's, what's going on. And Jeremy Paxman, you know him, the, uh, the uh, journalist? Yeah, he's been come up in the conversation. Yeah, so he, uh, he interviewed him. Jeremy Paxman is great. 
Because he'll sit there and he doesn't give a shit who you He's are. He's the guy who does Newsnight, right? Yeah, exactly. He'll laugh at you. He'll just say, what are you talking about? You know, he'll just start, he'll, and he'll throw his head back and roll his eyes. I love that guy. He's really good at, uh, at interviewing Well, the Canadians statesmen. do that kind of interviewing, too. It's only in the United States where they're, they're, they're so deferential. Yeah, and we have to be so proper. Why didn't, you know... How did that happen? Uh, political correctness, of course. It's doublespeak. It's or the Orwellian age we're, we're moving into. That's what that's about. Absolutely. And, you know, and we all have to be so proper. Senator McCain, uh, you know, Congre what is Palin? What is she? She's a governor. Governor. Go Gover governor Palin. And I just, you know, just for once say, Miss Palin, Mrs. Palin, Sarah, just for once. Like uh, Ron Paul. I know you think we have the Queen of England over here with a bunch of etiquette crap. Exactly. Well, according to, to Jim Lehrer, we do. Our next president's yeah. going to rule. The ruler. Gonna, i got to get the that, ruler. that sound bite. When you rule the country. <laughs> it's, right out, it's right after the, uh, the, the nuclear thing about the 45 nuclear plants. Which I didn't know about that plan, by the way. Plan for 45 I, nuclear plants. I didn't either. I guess that's the energy plan. Well, they, there's got that. We got a lot of coal. You know, a lot of people don't realize that we are the Saudi Arabia of coal, coal in the United yeah. States. We yeah. have 300 right now at running at the current capacity for all the energy needs that we have. We have enough coal. If we just drop everything else, we have enough coal to power this country. And that would include making electric cars and using electricity to power everything. We have enough coal for 350 years. Yeah. years. So what's the, what's the drawback of coal? Well, you, the, the, actually, there's not really a lot. I mean, you get a lot of... There, oh, there, come on. There's got to be some tax we can throw on something there. What's well, the, the drawback is, you know, they have, there's a, you know, it has a bad reputation. Uh, modern coal plants with the, with the floating bed uh, do a really good job of burning coal without creating a lot of pollution. But there's still, a, there's still an issue with the little mercury getting out. Mm. And nobody wants a coal plant, you know, up, down or upwind up from wind, them. Yeah. And um, or down, you don't want the plant up when you don't want to be downwind of a coal coal plant because it's and it's you know they I don't think that they've solved the uh, the odor problem necessarily, uh, but you know I think combining coal with wind power and, I mean I've mentioned this before I mean I had on my old uh, radio show uh, real computing I had the father of modern wind power who mm -hmm. happens to be an American who says that in the United States we're on generation one while everybody else is on generation three and four around the world of the, uh, the, the and, generation. Uh, and we could power the entire US grid all the power needs that we can have are all doable uh, from North Dakota yeah because yeah, yeah, of the wind I, in North I bring Dakota, this up yeah. all the time yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned that before well of course it's not going to happen because the shadow government and the energy elites that's not their game plan and that by the way is tied into the dollar and the petrodollars and the oil so it's never going to happen of course we could do it and that's why right. I'm about no bailout plan fuck Wall Street let them burn let it burn all the way up to the White House lawn. We're Americans. We can figure this shit out. We we are very resourceful, and we have the resources, but we're just not taking advantage of the opportunity to make this change now. Right. Well, <clears throat> it's academic. It, it uh, my thinking about this is a cycle anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. It just it bugs me. <laughs> I have to say, it bugs me. Apparently, yeah. Um, you got anything else? Uh, come on, there might, oh, oh, there's one thing. Um, I'm sure you blog this. The uh, the methane gas in 
Was it the Arctic? Did you hear about this? Yeah. Your yeah I think somebody may have blogged it. You thought your thoughts? I don't know. Because what they're saying is methane gas, these chimneys, it's, uh, well, first of all, immediately, oh, there's, it's, it's worse than CO2. Yeah, it's always something. Yeah. It's like three times as bad a, a greenhouse gas as CO2. Like, right. Huh? I don't know. I don't know if it is. But you don't have any more insight into that? No, actually, I did. When I read it, I was like, huh. I mean, I'm just, you know, I think we're all kind of inundated with this greenhouse gas, you know, and everything just has to be green and all the money is going to these investments. And I don't know. I think it's just one of those, you know, it's like, well, you know, oh, who's okay. huge. You know, who's huge in all this I, I, green I'm, stuff. I'm dubious. Right? Let's put it that way. You know, who's who's doing all this green stuff investment is Kleiner. Yeah, I know. Big time. Well, that's because they got Gore working for him. Yeah, they've got Gore. Oh, and uh, in fact, Ray Lane is uh, is doing a lot of that work. Well, He's, Ray Lane and John Doerr are both kind of green. It's funny because it. Ray is such a Republican. John Doerr is such a Democrat. It's interesting to see them working on those things side by side. Yeah, I think Doerr was a Republican originally, and then oh, he decided he's a, to become he's a, a massive Democrat right now. I'll tell you that. Well, yes, because his his goal is to become an ambassador or the Secretary of State mm. or something like that. Uh, I mean, that's what everybody a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, if you have everything, right? I think uh, Bill Gates is going to get one of those before John Doerr does. Well, I'm I'm uh, investigating the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation uh, kind of on the side here. And uh, from the things I'm starting to find and read, I don't think he's in line for any uh, any Nobel Peace Prize soon. Why? Um, because they're... Um, you think it's a little shady? Yes, very shady. Um, you know, once you get past the handing out mosquito nets to people, then there's, you know, there's a, apparently in Seattle, there are many, many office buildings that you can't get into. You, you can't get invited to, uh, these are laboratories working for the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. There's no signage, you know, there's just the people who work there. You can't meet them at their office. They have to meet you somewhere else. And from what I understand, they're um, they're testing out uh, vaccinations in uh, in Africa primarily, but it's not like antiviral vaccinations. It's like DNA changing shit. So they're they're experimenting on. Um, How do we know this? Is this something else you got from one of your nutter friends? Yes, yes, of course. So okay. that's why I said I'm investigating it. I'm just giving you. Right, you know, okay. I'm not giving you facts. I'm just telling you what I, what I'm hearing. There, there's a apparently there's a there's some whistleblowers out there. Which would be interesting to you know to see if that actually if anything makes it into the. Well, see, I was thinking if you're going to say I, th- I was thinking that the whole thing was the way to but you know, like I wouldn't say it was a money laundering operation, but I would say well, it's no, a way of course of, it is of, of moving money in. Around. No, no, John, no, John. Of course it's money laundering. Well, it's not laundering, but it's like um, uh, Turner. You know, he gave a, a billion dollars to the UN, whatever. I mean, it's all. It, there's no tax on it. You know, it's a, it's a whole interest deductible thing. I heard thing. they never delivered the check. No, of course not, because it's like the IMF or the World Bank. First of all, there's no money. You know, it's like, okay, here's my computer entry. Now you can change it over there. I mean, please. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's not like, you know, you're giving away a billion dollars and you're down a billion dollars. That's just not the way it works. And it's over time and it's an annuity and it's, it's, it's a, it's a big tax thing. No doubt about it. Um, but, uh, well, keep the Bill looking and, into the Bill and it. Melinda Gates thing. It's that's and and you know what? And I don't think Bill Gates is evil. I don't know his I don't know his wife, um, but it's probably Jeez. you know you you put forty, sixty, eighty billion dollars into the pot, and you get all kinds of people showing up, and they can talk a good game. And uh, and I, you know, I think that 
under the auspices of R&D. You know, Gates is going to be really interested in that. It's, unfortunately, we're testing it out on African uh, uh, children and well, killing, you know, and I killing good, them. I have a good friend who is – I actually know a lot of people there, but I have one friend who's working directly with the foundation. He's an Africa expert. And he's always going back and forth to Africa. So I'll bring this up. And, yeah, and please, please don't use my name, okay? Don't use my name. Just yeah, yes, heaven forbid no one's going to know that you're interested in this since we only have 100 Some, By the way, everyone <laughs> out there who listens to this show, please get one more Yeah, one, one more friend. friend. One friend we so we double, can hit 250. We, we got 100,000 listeners. We want to make it 200. No, we had like 130, man. But we want to make it 200. Well, quarter of a million is what I think is, is really something we should be able to reach. And then, and then, we're, then we got to go make some money. What about our T-shirts? We're going to sell T-shirts. Yeah, we, we got to get on this. We got to get that over dinner. You know what the problem is? I it's me. I don't do enough work. So yes. anyway, thank you. Finally, that you know what? Ron Bloom agrees. <laughs> Ron Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what day it is. Yeah, of course. Uh, so um, anyway, the point is, is that uh, you know I, I'll ask him, and, please, it will, and then yeah. I've also got other people. I don't think so. I, th- I don't. I think it's you know maybe just a way of moving money around, but I just don't see. Some you know nasty weirdness going on, you know, with a uh, Mr. Burns kind no, of. No, but, but, but again, this is this running. is not nasty. I mean, it's not Bill Gates who has some evil plan, but it's totally you know pharmaceutical uh, or biotech bioengineering companies who you know can, you know they pre- they present a PowerPoint and they're saying, look, we can modify the human DNA so they'll now no longer. Uh, be susceptible to these illnesses or et cetera, et cetera. No, you know, hey, you but know, you're messing I'll... around with people's DNA, man. That's heavy shit. We'll see. Yes, we will. I, I, I'm going to continue to do some investigation. And, of course, we have uh, drop.io slash no agenda where people are uh, posting stuff uh, pretty regularly. So if you find any anything, any research, uh, pass that on. Very interested. Yeah, Because uh, the only people who are going to save the world is you and I, John. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. As usual. We're the only ones that can do it. All right, man. Unless you got something else. No, no, but I expect we'll have a lot of stuff for next week's show after the Palin thing. Yes. And uh, and hopefully we bring a, a better perspective to uh, the, analysis of the uh, analysis of these debates than uh, all these other Yahoo shows. I get sick of that. I know you watch them all, but I just, ugh, I can't stand it. And I've always get one or two little insights that helps me uh, like to, you know, think in a different way. Yes. I don't agree with these guys necessarily, but it's you know, the guy I really liked when I when he's on is Carl Rove, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, no, I know, I know. He's really good. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, he knows he's, he's, he's a he's a show, show business. He understands this shit. Yeah, and of course, and he says one thing one minute and something else the next, but it's still really good analysis. And the other guy and people out there that think he's a jerk and whatever, I think Rush Limbaugh is one of the best deconstructionists working on radio today. I mean, he takes stuff apart in a very unique way that is always kind of fascinating. I mean, he's one sided about everything, but but it's it's really just like watching a master. It's amazing. That's why the guys makes you know he got a contract for four hundred million dollars. It's not because he's a slouch. <laughs> exactly. All, All right. right. So we'll uh, we'll continue uh, our conversations. Uh, you, are you going to pick me up? Yeah, I'll pick you up at uh, 515? five fifteen. Five. Oh, really? We need half an hour to get there. Uh, five fifteen. Okay, five fifteen. All right, coming to you from the Curry Condo overlooking the bay in the financial district of San Francisco. My name's Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley overlooking the bay from the other side. Both of us in Gitmo Nation West this week. We'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.